fellow tiny human docs. Welcome to the eighth episode of Peds in a Pod. And we are your hosts, Ashley Grigsby. And David Rayburn. And we are combined emergency medicine and pediatric residents at the Indiana University. And this is our board review podcast focused on high yield review topics for the pediatric boards. Welcome. I just want to take a second. Eight episodes. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I didn't think we'd get here, David, but we are here. Alas, here we are. We follow the outline and study recommendations set forth in the American Board of Pediatrics content outline for the General Pediatrics Board exam. We've got a pretty great lineup for you this episode. Uh, We've got a lot of new topics. We're going to cover some renal finally. Finally. It only took us eight episodes. It's fine. Everybody's been waiting for it. We're going to do both nephritic and nephrotic. And, you ready? HSP and HUS. Like, we did all of it. That's exciting. Just went for it. Dr. Khaled really went out for us and helped us out cover all of these renal topics, so get excited. There's also more vitamins. I think just there are so many of them. They're water-soluble type this time. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and skip the ID section from us this time, but... We have someone much smarter helping us out. The good Dr. Schneider is going to help us out with some helmets. Those are worms, in case people don't know. Cootie shots and our second-year milestones. So, as as always, we have a few guests that are going to come help us discuss some topics, and we hope you all learn something. We also have some really exciting news for you guys. It, we couldn't do it without you. We actually had two abstracts accepted to PAS in Toronto coming up in May. We have a poster and a platform presentation so about this podcast and about our listeners and how people are using it. So come and meet us if you are at PAS. We'd love to meet some of our listeners. If you were at PAS, seek us out and uh, introduce yourselves, and we'd love to talk to you about the podcast. What else What else is exciting? We're about to hit 50,000 downloads. I'm hoping that with this episode, we'll hit 50,000. I think we're right about there. We're really close. This is a big milestone. Thanks, everyone, to, who listens to us. Again, remember to follow us on uh, Twitter at, at Peds in a Pod, and we try and give you some extra content and some supplemental content to go with our different episodes. And we keep getting some feedback, and that's our only way to help us make this better for you guys. So go on uh, iTunes or Podbean. Leave your comments, and we make adjustments, uh, such as the most recent one. Somebody had a hard time hearing one of our speakers, so we're trying to make sure that we make that better for you guys. We uh, also, with your guys's feedback, have started doing a case with each intro, and so here we are going to start our case for episode eight. Here we go. This All is right. a this is an actual up, uh, case of yours, right? It is. It's um, exciting. A case I had recently, I had a patient with Down syndrome come in with some neck pain, um, which was pretty consistent with torticollis. And there's actually something you have to worry about in a kid with Down syndrome that that presents with torticollis. Do you know what that is by chance? I do. All right, go ahead. Okay. Atlantoaxial instability. Indeed. It didn't end up being what was his issue, but like that's the main concern, and it's certainly something you have to think about uh, with kids with Down syndrome. There are lots of things, really, that can kind of mimic torticollis, or cause torticollis might be the better way to the say that. The acquired torticollis, if yeah. you will. Yeah. yeah. So we'll cover those real quick for you. So we'll just cover a couple of them. So we have the subluxation we just talked about. A clavicle fracture can actually cause an acquired torticollis. Uh, cervical adenitis makes sense, right? RPA. Retropharyngeal abscess, one of my favorite diagnoses. Exactly. Actually. Some intracranial tumors can cause a, an acquired torticollis. 
dystonia, which makes sense. That's going to be drug-induced most of the time. Treatment would be Benadryl. Indeed, that fixes it right up. Strabismus is probably one of the coolest way, the coolest acquired torticollis for me because you think about it, the kid is actually trying to correct their vision from the strabismus, and that gives them an acquired torticollis. It's interesting. Uh, myositis can do it, and then ligamentous injury as well. So think about those things when you have a patient with torticollis. But we found it, you know, we found this is going to be a nice segue to talk a little bit about Down syndrome and screening for Down syndrome. Uh, so take it away, Ashley. So the care, the primary care, which, you know, uh, I always have to remind myself because I'm also a primary care doctor some days, but primary care of a patient with trisomy 21 or Down syndrome is different than that from your other like non-trisomy 21 patient. So they are at increased risk of multiple diseases. So some of them in the first few months of life would be Hirschsprung's disease, duodenal atresia, pyloric stenosis. They also have increased risk of congenital heart disease. The most notable one and the one you should for sure know is an AV canal. They also are at increased risk of otitis media in, in younger parts, like in their early ages. Hearing loss from that. Uh, hypothyroidism... Meckel's diverticulum. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That was shocking to me. I had no idea. And the things you need to worry about from a primary care care standpoint kind of depend on the age of the child. So in the first month of life, you want to worry about those things we just talked about. Hirschsprungs, duodenal atresia, cardiac um, defects. They also have hypotonia. So you have to worry about their feeding difficulty. Sometimes they have a hard time gaining weight because they can't like physically eat because they don't have the tone to be able to take a bottle or breastfeed. Other things you have to worry about as they start getting older, so once they're hitting, you know, one, three, five years of age, they have increased risk of cataracts and vision problems. They have increased risk of hypothyroidism. And so the current recommendations from the AAP are they need a TSH annually, they need a vision check annually, and then after age after age five, they need ophthalmologic uh like an actual ophthalmologist every year. Um, before that, you can do an ophthalmologist every two years, but they do need to see them frequently. They also need an audiogram. So in the first three years of life, they need one every six months until you can have a pure tone audiogram, which is obtained. But otherwise, they need every six months, they need an audiogram until age three years, which is crazy. And then after that, they need an audiogram annually because they do have an increased risk of hearing problems. And then they also need a CBC and, again, those thyroid function tests every year after age 13 because they're at increased risk of leukemias. So you got to think about the TSH. Every year. Got to think about the eyes. Every year. And you got to think about the ears. Every year. And then as they get a little bit older, you got to start thinking about the blood. Correct. Right. Yeah. And they, I will say that you can get leukemia in really young Down syndrome. So in the first, like baby years of life, then they, their risk kind of drops off a little bit, but it still should always think about it. And I think you may see a question stem talking about a Down syndrome kid in the NICU that you're wondering what kind of screening things or what kind of things do I need to think about with them? And I think a lot of these were highlighted in the sense of like Hirschsprungs, for instance, is you have a baby in the NICU or even in the newborn nursery who's not passing meconium. So you got to certainly think about that. Mm -hmm. And then even something like duodenal atresia. So definitely, 
you could really get a screening type question in a newborn Downs baby, and mm-hmm. then, like for instance, the uh, AV canal defects as yeah, well. So. Yeah. Extra stuff to think about. And remember that they also need all the other things that you do for children, you know, when they're growing up. So you need vaccines, and you need to make sure their weight is good, and you want to make sure they're doing okay in their classes, like, uh, with their IEPs and all that kind of stuff that goes with normal uh, primary care. Don't forget about that. And just to touch back on the case, so 15% of children with Down syndrome can experience atlantoaxial instability. Is that correct? It's a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah and there's some. It, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna be honest here. It's a little bit of a hot topic in the, in the. I don't know who, what kind of literature this is. Peds literature, uh, but some um, company or some kind of organizations, especially Special Olympics, still require a screening, uh, cervical X-rays in order to participate in sports. It's that high of a risk that they feel it's necessary. Maybe something that you come across. Our resources still are listing it. So if you guys get a question on it and it talks about some kind of screening in a child with Down syndrome for the Special Olympics, they may be asking for that x-ray to look for atlantoaxial instability. That's it. All right. Let's get started with episode eight. As always, the thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Indiana University School of Medicine or IU Health or any of its affiliates. This podcast is not intended to be used in the place of clinical judgment or as a diagnostic tool. We also know that there's new literature published daily, but unfortunately the board exam content can lag behind some of this information. This podcast is focused on giving you the information relevant for the boards. We cannot cover everything, and this podcast is not all-inclusive, but we do hope you learn something that will help you on the boards. All right, now let's dive into this month's episode.